Okay, do you want me to do a countdown, or you just want me to just go straight to here? Oh, I don't know. What do you feel like today? Um, I feel like I need to get back to the office. Yeah, you were busy today. What's going on? Uh, busy. I've got. I've been busy with you know my stuff. Accounting stuff. Yes. You're not notary stuff. Accounting stuff, real estate stuff, just stuff. Too Ooh. much stuff. Lots of stuff. <laughs> You're going to see me really late tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and give it a countdown? All right. Five, four, three, two, one. This is George Holshauer of Colonial Stamp Company in Los Angeles, California, British Colony Stamp Specialist. You are listening to Stamp Show here today. A really interesting new facet of philately. I think you will find it very, very interesting and enjoyable. Look at them, madame. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. This is the gentle art of philately, otherwise known as stamp collecting. Here's a pile of stamps carefully culled from swap meets and garage sales. Rupert, what are you thinking of? Oh, I was just thinking of all the years I've wasted collecting stamps. Oh, like stamp collecting. Now, that's all right. That's quite a nice hobby, that. Yes, but it's not enough. Don't you understand? I'm lonely. I'm so terribly lonely. All right, Homer. You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining. Oh, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists. You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because I'm tired of dumbing myself down for you. From Spain and two from Japan I got a couple from Israel and Azerbaijan I got a plenty from Poland but none from Sudan Or from Fiji or Uzbekistan Stamp collecting happens when we dream together Welcome to Stamp Show Here Today, episode 126 I'm Cash, and never bet against the Vikings at home in the winter Scott Scott. Scott. Oh, I don't see no Scott. This is Tom, who's not a Dodgers fan, so sorry you missed on that one. Mm-hmm. And I'm your stamp mistress, Dawn. Is it if you talk to your dog, you're crazy? Well, what are you supposed to do when he asks you a question? Get a straight jacket. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of the old Bugs Bunny uh where they have the dog and it's like, what's on top of a house? Roof. And he, uh, who's the best baseball player? Ruth. And they kick him out and he goes, I should have said DiMaggio. Wow. <laughs> well, we don't talk politics here, but lots of people have been speaking about impeachment and we're going to have to jump on the bandwagon. Because on this day, 149 years ago, in 1868, Andrew Johnson was acquitted from his impeachment. Acquitted in his impeachment? I don't know what the term is. Acquitted from? Oh, well. Andrew Johnson, with this auspicious accomplishment, 
had been on just two U.S. stamps, and that was because they were presidential series and you just couldn't skip him. They include the 17-cent Prexy issue and the 22-cent presidential souvenir sheet, so... In 1867, Johnson was in the crosshairs of Congress and the House Committee on the Judiciary, examined the President's bank accounts, and summoned members of the Cabinet to testify in an 1860-style fishing investigation. A bipartisan majority of the committee voted down impeachment charges. Yeah, remember that impeachment is like indictment. It just approves the process where you go to trial. An impeachment is actually not kicking a person out of office. Impeachment is indicting a person saying that they need to go ahead with a legal procedure. So uh, there there is supposed to be evidence to proceed to trial. So bank accounts and fishing investigation. So what, how much money he won, really won in fishing competitions? <laughs> well played. Well, no, they were checking for like bribes and stuff like that. And there wasn't anything. I mean, honestly, uh, Johnson was a bit of a D-bag. So uh, people were looking to get rid of him in any case. He wasn't a great guy. Later on, the Secretary of War and Johnson battled over the question of whether the military officers in the South had dominion over the civil authorities. Surprisingly, the Secretary of War said yes. Uh, big surprise there. Just imagine if like, the Secretary of War became like the king of the South. Could have happened. When Congress came back while all this was going on, it passed a Reconstruction Act that said the military was in charge. Johnson vetoed it, and Congress overruled the veto and then went home. They took their veto and went home? Yep, they took their veto, they took their ball and went home. In addition to giving the powers to the generals, the legislation also took the control of the army in the South away from the president. With Congress in recess, Johnson decided to fire the Secretary of War and relieve one of the military commanders. On August 5th, the president demanded the Secretary of War's resignation. The secretary refused to quit. The president also issued a proclamation pardoning most Confederates, exempting those who held office under the Confederacy or who had served in federal office before the war and had breached their oaths. Yeah, he was big time. He wanted to uh, put Jefferson Davis on trial. He, he was one of the leading people. And, you know, I understand it, but eh, I guess you had to be there. You're fired. Mm, no, nah, I don't feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we're kind of going through today. You're, you're out of here. Well, you can't fire me. Uh, yeah, you work for me. I can fire you. The 1867 elections generally went Democratic. The Democrats took control of many state assemblies, and this put a stop to the Republican calls to impeach Johnson. But surprise, surprise. Later that year, the Judiciary Committee changed its mind and passed a resolution of impeachment against Johnson. After much debate, the resolution was defeated. So, for those keeping score, Johnson wasn't happy with losing power to the military. The Republicans thought Johnson was a massive Johnson (laughs) and tried to impeach him. But a committee said, nope. And then the committee said, sure. And the House of Representatives said, nope. 
Johnson notified Congress of the Secretary of War getting the boot and Ulysses S. Grant was appointed. This pissed off the Senate and reinstated the Secretary of War. Grant steps aside over Johnson's objections, causing a complete break between them. Johnson then dismissed the Secretary of War again, and the Secretary of War hunkered down, ordered pizza, and refused to leave his office. On February 24, 1868, the House impeached the President for intentionally violating the Tenure of Office Act, which was some law that said that this was wrong. The House subsequently adopted articles of impeachment, alleging that he had violated the Tenure of Office Act and had questioned the legitimacy of Congress. On March 5, 1868, the impeachment trial began in the Senate and lasted almost three months. Suffice to say, and not getting too deep into the weeds, there were opinions on what the tenure law really meant. And behind the scenes, there was some serious deal-making. Johnson got an acquittal on this day in 1868. Yeah, he got an acquittal by just one vote. And uh, this is kind of a fake fact because they worked the deal until they had enough votes. Uh, There was a movie that I remember seeing in grade school, and probably everybody who is over 45 years of age remembers this. It's an old black and white movie, and it's called Tennessee Johnson. And it made it look like the noble congressmen were voting their uh, consciences and everything like that. And when they were voting, I remember at the end, they were standing up and saying no, and like they were surrounded by this holy light and everything, and they were just like great people and you know it it was film editing because in actuality everybody on both sides were total d-bags and they had made deals for their votes i mean it was it was straight out you know the the democrats voted not to impeach they went to some people and said are you going to vote they said no and he said well how about if i give you this and they said oh sure then not a problem so it was um it was like I said, both sides were complete asses. Uh, times, they're not a-changing. Yeah, no, no, no. This, <laughs> You know, it sounds exactly like what's going on now. There there aren't any real things, but, you know, I'm not going to get into uh, the current debate, but this is the history, and if you see, think it sounds uh, really familiar, yeah, it kind of does. Also, just to address this, the term Johnson that means the man bits was not a result of Andrew Johnson. It dates back either 25 years before or 200 years before, depending on who you believe when you do the uh, etymology on the word. Just in case you were wondering. Were you wondering? No. Not even a little bit? No. No? Nope. I'm surprised you haven't brought up LBJ yet. LBJ. Oh, yes, LBJ. The other Johnson. Yeah, another Johnson. Yeah, he was an interesting fellow, but he's been on more stamps, too. He actually had his own postage stamp. Yeah, Andrew Johnson didn't get any, but LBJ did. And we call him LBJ because it's LBJ, but he had this thing with his uh, (laughs) manhood that... His Johnson. Yeah, his Johnson that (laughs) was rather... um, you know, go- epic, epic, yeah. Google uh, Johnson's Johnson, and you will uh, be surprised at the things that he was doing with it, with Congress. 
What about his tailor? Gosh, that that excerpt is awful. Oh yeah, yeah. There's some. There's a great uh, audio of him talking to his tailor about how he wants his uh, pants cut, which is uh, rather graphic. Let's say undignified for a president. Graphic. We get mail, so summon the answer squad. Woohoo! Actual mail that came in an envelope with stamps on it. There is no E this time. No E. No E. Listen to this. That's the envelope that it came in. It actually it was delivered by the post office. Oh. I just noticed. Look, look who's a uh, picture. Oh, it's LBJ. There's an LBJ stamp on it. Next to an Eisenhower stamp. And a Cherokee strip. You totally tore up that cover. Yeah, I know. It didn't have any philatelic flair to it. I mean, I'll soak off the stamps and I'll keep those. But How could you say that? Okay, first of all, it's addressed to... Us. Uh, yeah. And it's it's No, it's addressed to him, not us. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. Yeah. I guess if it would have said if it would have been addressed to Stamp Show Here Today, I, I would have put it into the Stamp Show Here Today Museum. You can put the gifts in the museum. Yeah. Actually, you know, he used the uh, 22 cent souvenir sheet stamps. If he actually would have put an Andrew Johnson stamp on here. Would that have been great timing or what? And the he we're speaking of is Mike Fagnetti from Venice, Florida. And he um, he writes, I'm an older guy, 67, but new to stamp collecting. I'm a member of the American Philatelic Society, Yay. the American Topical Association, Yay. and the Venice, Florida Stamp Club. Oh, I guess, yeah. Sure. Oh, give it a yay. Yay, sure. Okay. There's three yays. Three is my limit. The yays have it. Mm-hmm. As a beginning collector, I am starting small and slow. Realize I have much to learn and don't know yet know what I don't know. You don't know what you don't know. No, you don't. That's... I haven't a clue. Yep. There's a lot of that in stamp collecting. Join the club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have found your Stamp Show Here Today podcast. Listen to them periodically, and I am learning a lot from you and the rest of the crew. Thanks for that. Thank you. Ooh, infotainment. And he does have questions. Uh-huh. Okay. Do you offer beginner, introductory, or senior citizen pricing for grading and encapsulation? This is a big request for me as I'm on a fixed income. I have about 10 stamps that I'd like to submit, and I'm hoping for a break on your services for a first-time submitter. Well, great. Welcome to the um, podcast. And uh, you're obviously asking about PSE, which almost everybody at the table works at here. Um, Yes, we actually are starting a uh, program for stamp clubs. And since you said you're a member of the Venice, Florida Stamp Club, any stamp club that submits stamps to PSE, we, uh, first of all, you get to combine all your shipping and everything because shipping is a, actually a kind of expensive part. Re- returning mail costs somewhere between 15 and $30 and sometimes more to just mail the stamps back. And they say the post office is going broke. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we don't get a penny of that. That's not us. That's us just paying to the post office. But so if you group up your order, that's a great thing. The second thing that we are starting and you're going, uh, we're going to put this into the APS and a lot of uh, the advertisement is going to go out. If you submit your stamps as a stamp club, not only do you, you know, get the benefits of like grouping everything together, but we're going to give 20% of the order back to your stamp club as a donation. So if you spend a hundred bucks, your stamp club gets 20 bucks. It's a way for us to uh, promote stamp clubs and to uh, try to offset the problem. And it really is a big problem of, you know, a collector only has three stamps and all of a sudden he has to spend $30 in postage. It's, it kind of makes it cost prohibitive. But if you have five people and each one submits three stamps, all of a sudden your return postage instead of being $30 is $2 and everybody can afford that. So that's something that we're implementing. Uh, actually, we already implemented it. It just hasn't been advertised yet. So any stamp clubs out there, if you want to take advantage of a 20% kickback, I guess kickback is kind of a bad word. A donation? I don't know. What are we going to call it? It would be a donation. A donation. A refunded donation. Anyway, that's what uh, we're doing right now. And thank you very much for actually sending a paper letter with stamps on it. Thank you very much. Oh, also, he sent us two little gifts. Thank you very much. Always appreciate it. These are little postcards. One of them has Lincoln on it, which is the president right before uh, Mr. Johnson here. And the other one is Weather Services of the United States. So we have two little toys here to put into the... Uh, Official stamp show here today, Museum of Interesting Items. Thank you for your letter, Mike. Next year we have to record like an April Fool's thing where we all talk like this. And everyone's turning their volume up and up and up. And all of a sudden you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we were watching the gong show last night. And there was a great gong show where uh, everybody sung feelings. Oh, God. <laughs> so every act had feelings every single act oh gosh i want to put a gun in my mouth i <laughs> hate that song oh my gosh i hate that song okay so this is from tony mancuso uh hey tony shout out um he wants to know and he sells on ebay and so do i and one of the biggies for selling on ebay is you have to have a picture so i totally understand his uh question here so Tony's question is, what's the best scanner software to scan multiple items on a piece and have the software auto split and center the pictures? Thank you. Well, thank you, Tony, for the question. You know a lot about scan, don't you? I do, actually. Um, I have scanners at home, and the one we use here has the ability to actually... Instead of what I do is I do a, a preview scan and I think it's just it's it's the scanner software that comes with it um, And I think most scanners generically will have this now is rather than putting your items on the scanner bed and then just hitting scan You put them on and you usually have a scanner option that says preview and you go in and you do the preview of your scan and it shows you all your items on the thing 
And then what you can do usually is you can draw little uh, boxes around them, or at least that's what mine does. So if I have three items, say, that are on piece or on cover that fit on the scanner bed, I preview those, and then I can take my mouse and I can draw three individual boxes across them for each one, and then I hit scan, and it'll sign number one will be the first one, number two will be the second one, and number three will be the third one. It'll actually scan all three things. Um, I did a lot of uh, scanning for Cash for his eBay stuff, and there's times when I would scan 14 things at a time separately, and I would actually have 14 different boxes. You know, the only thing is you have to make sure that they're roughly the same size because my scanner doesn't give you the option to select different resolutions for each scan. So if you're going to scan something big and it's going to be like 200 DPI, you don't want to put something on there that's small and needs to be like 700 DPI to meet uh, eBay's minimum size requirements because then you can't change them. But you can still draw separate boxes. You can draw the box, scan the first one, draw a new box, scan the second one without having to redo things all the time. And that avoids a lot of complications with having to go into like Photoshop or some other editing program and do what he's saying, which is then split your scans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, this was a really big thing back about 10 years ago, and now it's not anything at all. Um, Ten years ago, people used to list their stamps without a picture. They'd describe them. And everybody would say, put a picture because you need a picture to sell the stamps. Well, nowadays, nobody just describes stamps. Everybody shows a picture. Um, what I see a lot of people do, which I kind of, it, it doesn't matter so much, but it does add a lot of time, is you will, let's say, take a picture of a cover. And then you'll take a close-up picture of the stamps. Well, instead of doing that, I always like to just take a picture of the cover and make it a high enough resolution where you can scan in on the stamp. That way you only have one picture up instead of two because eBay, when you're scanning, it only shows one picture. And you can pull up that big picture and take a look at the stamp. Now, the one thing that I am very impressed with that I see a couple of people do is if the stamp has a variety, they will scan the variety and have that as the main picture. So when you do a search, let's say it's a cap on two on a two cent uh, um, baby banknote. Was it the baby bank banknote? No, it was first bureau. No. First bureau. Yeah. So it's a cap on two on the first bureau issue. Or no. Fourth bureau. Fourth bureau. No, no, not for no. first bureau. I don't remember. Anyway, whatever. Scott, where are you? Where's Scott? <laughs> anyway, so uh, he showed a close-up of the variety as his main thumbnail picture. And then his second picture, which you actually have to look into the listing to see, will show the entire stamp. And I thought that was really incredibly smart. As you, you, If you have a neat variety, you show that as the thumbnail. You show that as the main picture. And then you can go in there because I also showed the backs of stamps. Well, on the front, the first picture will show up. That'll be the front. You have to actually look at the description to find the back picture. Yeah, using pictures is very important. And 
Do you know what type of software the actual name is? Is it just the Twain or is it something? I think else? it's just the Twain driver that comes with most scanners now. Um, and if it doesn't, I know it's a download for free. One of the things that I do is oftentimes you can select the mode that you're scanning. And one of, one of the modes is usually the professional. I believe it's called the professional mode. So it's, it's more customized and you can do more, more kind of tweaking with setting your, um, your different things. The other thing I highly recommend if you're using your scanner mainly just for scanning stamps or only just for scanning stamps, go out, buy a really cheap piece of um, black felt. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've actually got a piece of black felt that is actually glued to the normally white background of my scanner. So I can put a cover on there that doesn't have to be inside of some other thing with a background. And I don't have to worry about blacking out the background. Yeah. thing that drives me nuts when I'm looking at stamps on eBay is people who scan, who take a picture or scan their stamp on a white background and you can't see any of the perfs. Yep. Yep. So, Don, you have some experience with scanning, too. Yes, I do. Yeah, the only person at the table who really doesn't is me because I give it to other people to do. <laughs> yeah, where are your lackeys? Yeah. <laughs> my scanning your minions. Lackeys. My right. scanning minions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, you got it, it pays. Yeah, it pays well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, just uh, to follow up on that, I hire people to do my scanning because... The cost of doing the scanning versus the time it takes to do the scanning, I would rather put that time into actually describing stamps and putting stamps up, which is a bit more, let's say, profitable than uh, going through and doing the pictures. Just my preference. Anything else? Any other little tidbits for selling stuff on eBay? How did you sell pins? You used a camera, right? Um, I used a camera at the time. What I actually had was um, a piece of like, it's hard to describe. It's the stuff they basically make um, like election signs out of for like yards. It's like, a, it looks oh. like cardboard. A corrugated. It's like corrugated plastic. It's, it's mm -hmm. like cardboard, only it's plastic instead yeah. of um, paper. And... I made a little stand out of that, and then because it was the plastic, I could actually punch the posts of the pins through it, and it would hold it in place. Mm -hmm. And I put it at enough of an angle so you know it wouldn't fall forward every time I put a pin on it. Yeah. And then I could um, just actually just use my camera and take a picture of it. But then I still had the black background because I did the same thing. I coated the uh, I coated the uh, corrugated plastic with a piece of black felt yeah that's another uh why, why don't we uh give everybody the little trick that we did for zeroing zeroing out the scanners with the gray um that's more of an, an advanced thing and that's really if you're trying to get into color calibration when we tried to do that with pse it was a thing of actually trying to get the colors to print correctly on our certificates i think the problem you're going to run into is even if you color calibrate your scanner and your monitor so that you're getting the actual color, you can't calibrate everybody's monitor who's looking at eBay. Mm -hmm. 
So, but at least they're starting off with a <laughs> right. But I mean, if your monitor is set wrong and you scan a blue stamp and or if you if you scan a blue stamp and your stuff is set right and you go, wow, it looks exactly like it's supposed to, and somebody's color on their monitor's way off, it's going to look green or bluish green, bluish or green or some other odd color, and you just have no control over that. Yeah, to be expected. But you can, but what you're talking about, you can go out and buy like a neutral gray card and color calibration software, and then you can actually scan that card and do some other stuff to actually try and get, you know, a neutral gray um, setting that you can calibrate your monitor to, and you know, there's all sorts of tricks. But that gets that gets complicated quick. That's much more advanced. Then let's not talk about it. Talk about what? <laughs> Well, thank you, Tony, and thank you, Michael. Anything else we got? Any good jokes? Any stories? Oh, we were asked. We never have good jokes. Oh, that's true. Uh, Our uh, show schedule, uh, uh, one of the people on Facebook said, uh, what's our show schedule going to be? It's now on our website at gradingmatters.com. Ooh, we're high tech. Yep. Hopefully, as we get uh, once we get moved, and we uh, the royal we would be me have time to do some more work on the website. Um, we'll have a, a more advanced show schedule, not just shows that uh, Stamp Show here today or PSE is going to be at, but actually try and get into like the ASDA's website and yeah. some of the other people's websites and actually start listing all the shows. So that'll help, hopefully, everybody, collectors, non-collectors, listeners out. Well, uh, Scott is going to be at uh, Napex. And we're all always going to be at the Stamp Show Steve events at Anaheim. I don't drive out to the Van Nuys one, although I probably should. So Scott will be at Napex, which, see, conveniently on our homepage now, is in McLean, Virginia at the Hilton McLean Tyson's Corner. And you can go to Napex's website at www.napex.org. It's N-A-P-E-X. Funny thing, too. Did you know that the original organizers... Did I I give the date to that? Nope. June 9th through June 11th is Napex. Cool. So if you're in the area, stop by and see Scott. Say hi. Ask him for free gifts. Find him on the floor since we won't have a booth. Yeah. Well, I want to see if somebody actually asks him for a free gift and see what Scott does. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know he won't listen to this podcast. So he'll go, why is everybody asking me for free gifts? <laughs> and then the next one that we have um, will be the APS stamp show in Richmond. Ooh, August August 3rd through 6th. Yeah, we got to fly there. And that's uh, going to be the Greater Richmond Convention Center. And that's uh, you can go to the APS's website at stamps.org. And then um, it's uh, backslash stamp show dash SS will bring you to their uh, web page for that particular one. And I'm not sure if PSE is going to be there or if we're just going to go there. I don't know if we're going to have a booth there or not. I'm going to try to get a booth. Actually, it's easy for me to get a booth. I'm going to try to get people who will actually man the booth. I'll go if you buy me a plane ticket. I'll go if you buy me one. <laughs> no, it's all a question of expense because, uh, you know, we don't make any money. So it's... Uh, you'll get you'll get one more. You'll get two more people to go to a stamp show if you send me there. Ooh. Because my dad and my stepmom will show up because ah. they're in Maryland. Ooh. Anything else? 
anything past Richmond. Seskal we're going to be at. That's because no, that's all I have right now. I had three on there, which was um, Westpex, which is already passed, and yeah. then Apex, and then the APS show in Richmond. Well, Seskal, uh, Dawn is the awards chair, so she's a big hoity-toity person for that show. Does it look anything like the Iron Throne, the awards chair? I wish. <laughs> and that's going to be, what, the first week of October? I believe so. Yeah. Well, details to follow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's about it. Are we doing um, Arapex? Oh, we always do Arapex. Also, I just got a letter from Philatelic Fiesta in November, and that's a neat little one. It's It's got the feel of a local show, but it's got exhibits and stuff like that, too. But it's got a party atmosphere? It's a, Yeah, there you go. It, it's, it's a, a fiesta. fiesta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Post out your colorful celebrations. Join the fiesta. Oh. Instead of balloons, they're going to be dropping uh, the Mexican food stamps from the ceiling. From there the you go. <laughs> Well, they could be useful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about all they're useful for. No. <laughs> PSE just recently got a package with those on it. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, we didn't do our. But it also it also had the um, the new uh, landscape. Was it la- uh, the new landscape series they did? Oh, you mean the uh, or national parks. parks? The parks. Yeah, that was last year. They're nice. Oh, they're gorgeous. In yeah, person, yeah. they're nice too. I thought they mm-hmm. should have won first place. I did too. Yeah. Well, peter out or end abruptly. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. I love you. Okay, love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's a descendant. It's a descendant. Thank you for joining us. This has been Cash, Scott, Tom, and I'm your host, Dawn. Continue the conversation at Stamp Show Here Today on Facebook. You can ask us questions, see pictures of the stamps, make comments, and add to the conversation on Facebook. You can also ask the experts your stamp questions at bluepaper at gradingmatters.com. You can listen to all of our past podcasts at stampshowheretoday.com, podbean.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast listening platform. And as always, keep collecting. This episode of Stamp Show Here Today is brought to you by the Philatelic Book of Secrets, the book that teaches you about repurse, regums, color varieties, and much more. Get yours for $10 at www.philatelicsecrets.com today. Hi, this is Bob Prager with Gary Poser Incorporated, and we're in Long Island, New York, in New Jersey, and our philosophy of Gary Poser Incorporated is this. We would rather pay very fair prices on 9 out of 10 collections that we look at versus trying to just offer very low prices on 1 out of 2 and making a big score. That's never our philosophy. So if you want to be treated fairly, please give us a call anytime at 800-323-4279. And again, my name is Bob Prager. It's a, it's a